She likes a podcast where you listen to this. I'll both talk about live news and anything interesting. Welcome back, everyone, to a new episode of the Chillax Podcast. I hope all of you are doing well. Today's episode is gonna be unedited. Um, yeah, sorry about that. I officially reached a point that I have no more backlog already. I think last year I always had a backlog like of four episodes. Uh, every month and I mean every month for some reason there was a holiday and during the holiday I would dedicate it to creating four episodes and I always had one ready right so even if I knock out or I couldn't do anything on Saturday like Saturday I was out I couldn't do any recording at least Sundays there's still a backlog of episodes to come out and I don't know man like what I mentioned last week is the mounting pressure the need to have a perfect episode i actually scraped quite a fair bit of quite a few of these episodes like i was editing it i already re- I record already i edit halfway then i realized oh why am i talking so in- incoherent and it's grinding my gears then i just kind of delete the entire episode lor. so i wasted like about two three episodes and and i'm i'm here at this point where um i'm recording this episode just right before it comes out man so right now it's like 11.34am usually or not usually I will always schedule my episode release at uh, Sunday 1pm so now it's 11.34 uh, Sunday and you will be hearing kind of hearing it live I guess yeah it's Saturday I was like out with my friends went to have uh, yakiniku celebrate my belated birthday and also going to my friend's house to drink Dang, I tried Yakiniku and it's the expensive kind. And my life has changed, man. At first, you know, like when it comes to beef, steak, I really try my best. I thought, you know, steak is nice. Everybody says steak is good, right? Then I try, maybe I tried the lousy ones, not the good ones before, like the $20, $30, like they got 100 grams a kind, 200 grams. And I try it. It always feels like it's either undercooked or overcooked. And it was never nice. It's like way too chewy really. It's like chewing gum meat like that. Like who who enjoys it? Maybe I need to go to a actual legitimate uh steak place where they do it properly. But it wasn't it hasn't been very nice when I try steak. But you know, I eat like mokata, steamboat. The beef slices has always been quite enjoyable. So I thought, you know, yakiniku, maybe like, you know, try I, I'm quite sure it's pretty nice and whenever people say you know Japanese wagyu meat like it's what mouth watering or what the fats melt in your mouth yeah correct correct so it melts in your mouth right and I thought okay I should at least try it out for once so if I ever go to Japan I can like keep I can you know like make a conscious attempt to try out different yakiniku places like now I know that it's good right and dang it was very good man, we went to Paragon, it's called Kuroki, then we got the taster platter, then they have different cuts of the meat, but everything has high level of marbling, like like very, a lot of white, like it gives different, there was different tiers, because there's different cut right, so it, there's like the low, even the lowest, like the, the, the one with the least amount of marbling, still had a lot of marbling than your usual meat, than your usual like beef, and I tried the one with the most marbling, it was legit melt in my mouth, like, I don't know how to describe that, but it was very, very, very juicy, and you just need a little bit of salt, and damn it, man, it's 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 the nicest, the tastiest beef I ever eaten. But it's expensive, lah. I think one platter is about 
100, 200 plus. But it was nice, man. God damn it. Now I think about it, my mouth is like watering really. And I don't really have to pay for it because it's my birthday. So it's good, I guess. Yeah. So we had good beef. Anyway, this episode, right? The thing I want to talk about is talking about, I just want to discuss things that happened in my life recently. Um, things that are quite interesting and predominantly is, is, is I want to talk about the D&D that I went to. So if you didn't know, I mean COVID, right? For about two and a half years or three years already. So your office most likely didn't have any kind of D&D activities. And finally, this, this year we have a D&D activity that happened recently. And it was quite interesting to attend like an official, my first D&D, right? After I graduated. That I, now I'm working full time for close to, I mean, over two years really, or close to two years. Seeing how D and D is played out, I'm, I mean, I would assume that D and D is like, uh, a awkward kind of thing, right? Where it's like people try to have fun, just eat buffet, make kind of some kind of small talk, water cooler talk with your colleagues, and that's it. That's the end of the end of it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of. It's kind of correct. That's what happens. Everybody sit there awkwardly. Then the the management try to make us have fun. There's some sort of fun theme like uh certain you know wear costume or whatever, right? And and it was true. It it hits all the correct points, right? Like awkward talk, strange, weird costumes. Management trying to make us have fun. Then everybody awkwardly have fun. But I think I'll just kind of list out a few things that I thought it was quite interesting beyond this kind of <laughs> this, this few this, these things I mentioned. Right? So we were told to like sit with different teams, not within our teams, and I can see that the managers and the directors are more how do I say socially savvy? Is that the right word in the in the workplace? So usually they are the ones that are they try and reach out and uh. I don't know, make friends with people from from the management, even higher management. So these manager directors is they are management, but they are even management management, right? Even higher. So they are very socially savvy. These managers and directors from my team, right? They were because we had to we were asked to sit with other team, then they were like tactically sit with sit in the, the, the table with with our department head. So our department head, I'll kind of classify it as the head of the head, right? The highest of the management. Then they were sit there i don't know whether is it intentional or not or by chance they sit there or maybe they sit there because um they know our department head they are close that's why they are sitting there together and and instead of sitting uh, on their own right with some other team that they barely know like they don't even know the person i'm not quite sure but it's quite interesting to see that they actually chose to sit beside my department head and and i guess you know uh they were trying to build rapport there and and it was it was quite interesting la, to see that they they decided to to sit beside our department head and usually you know when you sit with the department head i you see them you hear them talk about things kids is usually the common topic i guess kids is like a good way it's like a it's like it's like the secret you know it's like secret and the and football of of corporate like social uh bonding talk i guess I think for for the for organizations like national service or places where there are a lot of smokers, right? Smoking become a very easy way to 
bond with one another because you can go and smoke together or sports as well i mean where where, where that's a predominantly male kind of population people will talk about sports and when you don't talk about football it can be very like you will feel left out then in organizations there are more i i suppose family friendly more normal kind diversity that's diverse group of people kids is usually the common topic and of course i don't have kids so i'm always left out but it's all right i rather not talk to anyone <laughs> and usually what they talk about i mean since kids are right so they'll talk about the activities they do to, they, they will do together during the weekends uh, maybe go jb go some light show in singapore that i never heard of um go some playground go somebody's uh, birthday party and it's funny to see right the the managers and the directors will strike up conversation using kids uh, with the department head then they talk about your children hey what do you do in your weekends and mentioning some exciting activities that they themselves are doing and then inviting the department head family to hang out with them to come along right and i was like when that happened right, when i saw the conversations I was like going like okay it starts with like casual talk talking about what i'm doing oh you know it's fun we go to malaysia uh okay we had some food here we went to this like museum it was nice we went to do this like high elements activity go-karting and whatever not and then they slowly weave it in you know they say you know it's like once the department head say oh that's quite interesting too then then, then they will try and weave in the, the 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 attempt to get close where they say um you know why not you just join us right i was like what oh my god this is so like I don't know maybe in my eyes right as a local seems a bit wayang and it feels like you're trying to get closer to the department head and use that to your advantage right to really build that kind of relationship and i guess i mean that might be true then at the same time you know i kind of think back maybe it's just a very local kind of viewpoint or perspective um, if you think about it maybe in the angmore sense it's more of being friendly and maybe that's how in the angmore context that that's how it works where you try and build this kind of relationships even off off work timing like beyond work you try and build these relationships you can still be friends beyond work you're not really um like superior and underling right and you try to build these relationships that in turn when you work you can you kind of know one another well you are closer this might make work a lot more enjoyable and easier to work with i mean instead of looking at looking at it like a wayang thing trying to you know get into the good books of the of the department head maybe it's part of work life not as sinister as the general singaporean would think it is but i'm not i'm not too sure i i can't i can't determine that it's like i was just looking at it and i was like hey is this good or bad this seems so blatant, so obvious that it's so funny seeing the person just casually ask, why not you join us? I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because you see the generally, like, like in cases where, where the company is a lot more local, right? Okay, mine is not that local because, okay, so for some context, I think I should just explain, right? Like the person, the Angmoor was talking to the, to the, the Angmoor manager was talking to the Angmoor department head. And of course, you have the, another, uh, our local Singaporean, Head also talking to the the, the department head and the local also 
He's also quite how do I say? He has worked with a lot of Western companies, so he knows how to you know be socially savvy, right? And they do these kind of things, and I was like, hey, okay, that's interesting, interesting point of view, right? Then you see the uh strictly like in more local organizations, you don't really do that. There's some sort of segregation, like your department head is some way to be feared, I guess. And sometimes you know once in a while. Uh, the person will loosen up and be happy and even if you talk about this kind of kid stuff it's just very surface level you wouldn't go ahead and invite them and i guess their point of view is also they wouldn't hang out with you even if you invite them and they also might not see the kind of that attempt to hang out very kindly they might see that oh you know you want to suck up to me uh you're trying to take my role you're trying to take my job or whatever or like um this and even if if i were to hang out with you other people who sees it might think that it's unfair, right? It's, um, there's some sort of bias here. But I'm, but I'm not quite sure, man. Does this happen in the Angmore context too? I'm just confused. I'm, I'm only two years in, still lots more to learn. And maybe one day, if I were to like, you know, hang out with one of the department heads or the heads, I'll just ask them what their thoughts on these kind of things. I mean, I'm still, I'm the, I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest here. I'm the most inexperienced, and from what I know, I'm very, I'm very innocent in the in, in front of my colleagues' eyes. So I can ask any kind of stupid question, and I'm just gonna go ahead and ask it. My 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 social intelligence level not high enough to decipher this thing. I'm 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 kind of uh here and there about it. Yeah. Anyway, wait. I can hear some drilling. Hopefully, it doesn't come through because I remember I got I got test before that. Drilling, there is like a slight, slight drilling. Okay, okay, there's no drilling. Okay, I think I a bit paranoid really. So it, it sucks, man. I don't think it can ever be a content creator in Singapore. Eh? Just constant drilling every day, you know, at, at home. Like I'm going crazy really. And anyway, okay, there, there's no drilling at all. There's no drilling. So continue the conversation of this D and D. I couldn't. Yeah, lah, I can't be bothered lah, because I also don't have kids. So I just observe, like a social kind of experiment. You observe, and the be, besides the the whole talk about kids, right? I I I realize, or maybe I it's not a realized thing. When it comes to social events like this, so big, right? My mind literally shuts down. Like I was talking to my senior, and my senior is usually a very chat. He's very chatty. He's very very chatty, and I felt a bit sad because he wants to try strike out conversation. He wants to have conversation, but then I just stop. I just stop talking to him, and I'm not answering him. I'm not really going ahead and asking him questions. Also, he asks me questions, and I just, I mean, I reply as detailed as possible, but then the conversation kind of ends there, and I feel a bit sad because like, um, I mean, we sit in a table, right? Then like in the end, all the all, all my group of my team, all we just sit sat together, even though they say cannot sit together, like same team, right? Because I think we are more comfortable with one another. Then you see all the girls will sit to they will sit together, they will talk about their own things. Then it's just me and my senior. Then I also like I don't want to talk, man. I don't know. My mind just shut down in this kind of social situation. And I just and some more there's liquor, there's alcohol, man. I just want to like wind down, like pun intended and let others talk to one another and just look at other colleagues trying to see who who is here who I, never, who I never see before 
I much prefer that and I, I don't know it takes so much out of me to just speak and talk to people and sometimes I think I might be slightly autistic like the time I went for counseling during uni and I was told that hey my father might have some slight autism if he's not tested like maybe he should go and test I think but I don't think it's possible uh, when your your parents are from that kind of generation this kind of things is not recognized they don't really care about it and maybe part of it is hereditary it might be brought down I, I might have inherited it but at the same time I also recognize that maybe I'm just socially awkward I'm not autistic. When I look at autistic situations, right, like like who have autistic, who have autism, their cases are like very, like it just seems like an extreme of introversion, and there's a lot more factors that are at play, right? But I feel that maybe I'm just socially awkward, introvert, and just hate noise in general, and and that's the case, lah. And when when everybody is talking, I just feel so like. I just want to hide in the ball. I don't really feel anxious in particular. I just want to like faster, not really faster end, just sit there, wind down and get it over with. Really, I don't really detest this kind of situations. It's just that, I don't know. I feel that I talk more in smaller groups. Yeah, that's the, that's the case also. I felt a bit bad that I couldn't entertain my senior. Yeah. Besides that, besides how, how, how I felt during that time, there was another interesting thing that happened when the D&D ended. So, I mean, we are marketing, right? Our department. And everybody is cool, hip. Then we went for second rounds of drinks. Like, wow, second rounds, man, what the heck? And we, when the D&D ended, we booked Grab. And, and the Grab was like, like uh at the car park then we, as we walk across the car park i saw our regional fi- finance director he was entering his car and i and i you know before i saw his car i would assume maybe just a normal car maybe he's a director regional director maybe a lexus mercedes or whatever i'm not really a car person but i would assume it's that kind of car then i see bang two-seater Porsche, Porsche or Porsche. Then at that moment, right, something doesn't feel quite right. I'm not sure how to describe that feeling. It's a mix of a little jealousy, unjust, a desire, burning desire, slight burning desire, anger, um, confusion. And I spent the entire night trying to unpack those feelings while while we were out for a second round of drinks trying to think trying to understand why am i feeling in that way right because like what i mentioned in the last few episodes since i started work like all the episodes that is post graduation i would say um i've i've really kind of like embraced a lifestyle where it's okay i mean I in, in uni, I was like very competitive on the ball. I want to get good grades. Then suddenly, now I graduated. There really isn't a sense of direction anymore. I, I mean, most, I'm, I, I can, I'm okay with work, but I don't enjoy work. And I would much prefer work-life balance. So I'm okay with doing work to get the money to sustain the kind of hobbies I have outside. And I want to have 
a lot of time to enjoy my my life right and that's that's the direction i i i, I kind of accepted and and lean towards whereas like my other friends those that are not academically inclined but they were very like industrious very good at work where they are able to make friends and they climb very high they work in sales that kind even though their studies is like shit and i just felt that i wasn't them and even those that are not like sales driven one they are also quite good they are they, they change jobs every year and for me i like my com- comfortable place and that's why i accepted so to set some context here and I was quite confused the fact that I was feeling all these things, right? When I saw this, it's like, I really accepted this life really. So I should accept the consequences that comes with this. You're not going to get a Porsche by, by having this kind of lifestyle and career, right? But maybe it's just deep down, I'm competitive. And when I see these kind of things, it's like, I think about it like, wow, why, why am I saving any... Like why 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 am I saving every single penny? Why why do I need to be penny pinching? If it will, it will feel so much greater if I can just spend however I like it to be, uh, just spend frivolously, do whatever I want with my money, not be so stingy, and it'll be nice to be able to go restaurant, order a drink, a dessert an ice cream, a main dish, and a side dish without, without feeling the burn in my pocket and that would be nice that would be nice but then I'm, I'm trying to understand lah, the kind of cost that comes with to, the, the, the cost that comes when it comes to getting a two-seater Porsche it's not the literal cost I would say but the, the, the journey that, that that starts that leads to the two-seater Porsche right I think about like you know the, the opportunities and the luck I mean at the end of the day you need to work hard but at the same time you need to be lucky to get this kind of opportunity I mean I'm quite sure if those of you who have started working you might have seen situations where you know the person might have worked so long in their life they try and jump here jump there but they still can't get the manager role sometimes you just need the manager role to free up and there's only that much manager role in the world right in in singapore then of course you look at directorial role it's even lesser then regional director role is even lesser right i don't think director jumps to the regional director there's even a higher level so there's so many tiers to lead up here so you, you can be as hardworking as you want it to be but luck also plays a part right so these are the things that needs to be i mean you need to be lucky and besides that Things that are like how do I say more actionable, more in control is is the effort, right? You need to work. You need to sacrifice certain things, and if you to reach that, you need to be. I mean, you need to do all this, like sacrifices. You need to give out your free time. You need to be on call. You need to work your weekends. You might be working in an overseas company or a foreign company where there are overseas call that are during the midnight or something. Then. At the same time, you also need to do all this kind of networking and all these things. There's definitely some sort of sacrifice that comes with it that you really need to uh, give up time to get to this level. Let me drink some water. It's tough, man. Talking so long. Yeah. But 
there's sacrifices to be to be made lah. And in this case, I I kind of understood that, and I realized okay lah. I mean, this is the kind of sacrifices that I have to make if I want to reach that reach that end. Then I kind of like that's why I think maybe I I I kind of get a feeling now because I feel like this this year at this age I don't know I feel like my mind is feeling slightly different. I think in the last episode I got mentioned before like it doesn't feel the same anymore. Like as much as I prefer this comfortable way of life, maybe somewhere deep down. I feel like that's not the way to go. Like I need to find uncomfortable experiences. I need to go somewhere, right? Because if I think about it, if I reach the department, the regional director's head, uh, 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 age, right? Then, um, and I look back, will I be proud of myself? Will I be happy with how I let how I lived my life? I'm not too sure now. I think two years ago when you asked me during the height of COVID, I was okay with it. I was okay. I I get to enjoy my life, right? But now I don't feel quite right, and that's why for some reason I just want to like try to find like overseas job and everything, force myself to experience uncomfortable things. But then you know when I, my mind kind of just kind of shut down when I have to do uncomfortable things. And I keep on questioning, what's the point of doing all these uncomfortable things when it doesn't really go anywhere, right? But that's very short-term-minded, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's, it's also about experience. My, like what I mentioned a lot of times, my mind is so wired to, to, to avoid pain and prevent pain that I, I just seek comfort. Yeah. So maybe it's this kind of experiences, or right? seeing these kind of things happen, and these kind of feelings that trigger people. And this is like the, the, the fork in the road where do you want to live your current life or like sedentary life and enjoy your shows every, your Marvel shows? I mean, I can still enjoy Marvel shows anytime, right? At, at, at any stage of life, whatever it is. Or, you know, I, or you want to go the other path where you want to grow and seek these kind of uncomfortable experiences. Not really climb the corporate ladder, but just try something try and find success somewhere somehow and not detest this corporate life so much i don't know i just become i think maybe in i think in uni i was all right with it i love linkedin i really enjoyed it finding mentors trying to be trying to help myself trying to improve and everything yeah once i start work i just no longer am that's it that person i just want to chill out and i barely use linkedin anymore and and now i'm just wondering like i think it's like generally i just hated that, that whole hustle culture thing so i think i just need to find a middle point where i'm not gonna be so cringy kind like linkedin like hustle hustle uh do this networking stuff it's like really find the compromise where i do something that i enjoy that I can excel in, build genuine, authentic relationships, and like, and and really just enjoy every day of my life. But 
I don't know, man. I, I, and in order to get there, you need to experience different things. And I felt that I haven't experienced enough during internship. I didn't experience, I didn't go through enough internship. And I mean, it's crazy to go for three, four internships in, in your uni life. That's a bit too much, I feel. And I want to spend time with my friends also. And, and I mean, thinking about it, I'm still quite young. So I guess it's fine. I probably should just take advantage of this situation where I mean, I don't have any responsibility, that's why I should just explore, not stay comfortable. Because when you're too old and you have responsibilities, it's going to be hard. You can't make, you can't take risks anymore, right? I don't know, man. This is just some food for thought. But just thinking, ah, this is tough, man. Anyway, I've been rambling. I can feel that there's some, there's some parts of it is incoherent already. Quite sure, you know, I'm saying I'm using a lot of like filler words that is really annoying for you guys, but but that's that. Um that's how I felt and still trying to unpack those feelings and think about where I'm gonna go towards, right? Yeah, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Um if you enjoyed this and have been listening to this every week and want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash chillax podcast. As cheap as a taping, you can get a, get a bonus episode per month. All this money will go towards supporting the podcast, creating more content, exploring new kind of, kinds of like genre, different types of mediums, creating the live stream podcast. Hopefully one day, the video setup and everything. So that's the end. Um, yeah, I hope you guys have a good week ahead. And... I don't know man, I don't know whether next week will be an edited episode or not. But I feel so stressed now. I see right the viewers not viewership, but the listenership just keeps getting higher and higher. It's like I mean it's not super high in comparison to YouTube kind of numbers. YouTube YouTube generally is like wow 10k the kind. But this podcast is only 200. But a month ago it was only 150, you know, now it's 200. 200 percent Imagine 200 real person standing in front of you. Listening to you talk, wow, that's very scary, man. And and I I keep on thinking like, oh, with two hundred listeners comes, I need to have some sort of standard. But it's like that, lor. I cannot do anything, lah. I mean, I'm not paid. I'm not paid. Or I'm not selling ad spots, so I don't have the kind of standards, right? It's just a garbage truck on fire. I you can hear airplane flying. You can you hear me listening, uh, smacking my lips, uh, burping. Yeah, that's the standard, lah. Okay, lah. 10. Yeah, I will see you guys next week.